for God and going far beyond what we sing about, far beyond what we're used to. You know, we just want a little touch and we're done. But I'm telling you, God has a tsunami wave of his power coming. Amen. And we better be ready. We have to do more than sing about it. But we have to desire it, feel it, uh, know it, touch it. I mean, it has to come from within. And it starts with that desire, that true desire of God or for God. And it, the, 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 you know, like a deer pants for water. That knowing that if you don't have more of him, you will not be satisfied. Because there is no satisfaction outside of God. Things and stuff satisfy us for a while. But it really doesn't do what it's supposed to do on the inside of us. And so he was saying he didn't mind waiting for the presence of God, you know. And I love the words and I loved it. But I'm thinking to myself, we got to do more than sing about it. Amen. Because the glory is here. It's not about to come, but it has hit the earth. And we have to prepare ourselves, amen? We, and it's come suddenly. So suddenly God comes in all magnificence and all power. And it's like, don't you want to be a carrier of what he has for us? You know, we need to possess it. We need to um, operate in it. And that just doesn't come just by you singing about it and wanting it. You have to prepare for it. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what it says to me is less flesh, less things, less wanting. And your want has to be totally him. Amen. Okay. So I'm going to talk about, I'll give you the definition of glory. It is the manifested presence of God. It's the beauty of God that emulates his character, his splendor, his greatness, in his intimate beauty. There are no limitations in the glory realm. No limitations. All things are possible. Amen? Nothing is impossible in the glory realm. Nothing is difficult for those who believe. Hallelujah. So God's manifested glory is here. The glory is the highest realm of the supernatural. Think about that. It's the highest realm in the super, of the supernatural. It's a creative miracle. It's where creative miracles, I should say, occur. It's where healing and deliverance take place. Wealth and riches are all in the glory. You know, it's like this. If we just desire the glory and we prepare to be glory carriers, then all that other stuff falls into place. You know, God wouldn't give us just um, an assignment to do without benefits. And I just truly believe that, you know, once we um, prepare and let go of fleshly desires, because, see, it's all about an inward work, amen, then I believe we will all be glory carriers. I listed a a few other things as I thought about them. The decree shows up in the glory. Amen. Because it's the will of God. So, you know, when God has already decreed a thing, he wants us to say what he says. 
And I believe when you say what he says and you believe that it will come in the glory, I think it's so much easier. It just it just falls into place. Amen. In the glory. But um, the let's see. But when we proclaim it, we proclaim the promises of God, then the glory will make sure. I mean, there's no doubting that you will receive whatever it is that you need to receive. Because it, it manifests. And I believe it shows up suddenly and right then and there. I don't think it's any waiting when the glory comes. But the glory is all God. And this is the thing that I um, I think uh, this is what I was meditating on. And every time I was trying to hear from God concerning the glory, God kept telling me it's all God, not man. The glory, you know, doesn't need man to manifest. It doesn't need man to conjure up something. Amen. But the glory is from a desire that's with on the inside of, the, of God's people. A hunger and a thirst and a, um, a purging. There's a purging that goes on in the inside of us that produces the glory. I believe unity is something that produces the glory. You know, being on one accord, you know, um, just uh, operating out of a heart of love and out of a heart of unity. You know, there's a heart of unity, and then there's people that, you know, like to go solo. Or, you know what I'm saying, people who think it's all they're doing on making all the changes or, you know. But I'm telling you, I believe that um, unity and having a... Just a heart to see God's power manifest on the earth. I believe that's what a, a glory carrier is. You know, where the heart's been purged. And, you know, we have to uh, understand how to let go of some things that would disqualify us from being a glory carrier. I think flesh. You know, these things, these desires that's, that are not necessary will cause us to miss the glory. Amen. And so we have to um, we have to be willing to let go of fleshly desires, allow God to work on the inside of us, do an inward working. And it's really nothing new, except that I think we need to go a step further. You know, God wants us to go outside of the box, reach outside, because God wants to do so much more than what we allow him to do. He wants to go further than what we, uh, we're used to doing. You know how we're used to certain things. We pray, we fast, we do these things and we see something in return. But when you're talking about the glory, you know, God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly out of the box, reaching out. He wants us to come forth and expect more. You know, um, the the glory is out of the ordinary. I don't think God wants us to treat it like a normal thing because it's not. You know, it's a further than your expectations. And so we need to allow God to be, um, how can I say, he, he, uh, the glory when you look at the meeting, one of the meanings is magnificence. We need to allow him and expect him to be magnificent. You understand? We have to allow him to be who he is in his magnificence. We need to expect more. Expect the unexpected. Allow God to just 
I want to say rob us, but he's not a robber, but just take carry us off into the spirit realm where he is and just, you know, don't be concerned about earthly things. You know, we need a renewed mind. We need to shift how we think and come up higher where God is. You know, if we want um, deeper things or if we want to see what God is doing, see change, we have to go deeper in God. Amen. Hallelujah. But the glory is all God. And this is what I kept getting. He says, not man, but he wants to use us in his next move of God. Amen. Let's see. All majesty, all magnificence, power and authority is in the glory and fire is in the glory. Amen. Information about God won't produce the glory, but hunger and thirst will. Relationship with worship in spirit and in truth will cause the glory to manifest. All of these things is a little different from what we were used to doing. See, we we do the the basics. I'm just going to say that. We do the basics. I'm talking about the church. And we want to see full manifestation of everything that we've prayed for. But God wants us to... Take the limits off him, and he wants to take us where we've never been before. And so Habakkuk 2.14, you can turn there if you like, and it says, And the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. The earth shall be filled. Amen. I think I wrote the Amplified meaning down. And it says the earth fills up with an awareness of who God is in his vastness. I stole that from you, the word vastness. <laughs> I didn't see that word vastness in the Amplified, but that's really what it is. Amen. The earth shall be filled with an awareness of God. And see, everybody that's saved is not aware of him. Because they really don't know how to be led by the Spirit of God. You know, their churches are carnal, and they really don't teach people how to find God. You know, it's an inward working, it's an inward thing, but people are kind of left on their own, and then they fall into religion, and religion won't produce the glory. In fact, religion is a, a glory, what is that? What is it? Say that again, Pastor. Um, Okay. (laughs) So, you know, it just like it repels the glory. Religion kills everything, okay? And so we need to uh, teach people by example how to walk in the spirit, not the flesh. Amen? We need to, to walk in the spirit. And it's not a hard thing to do. We can do it. All we need to do is stay close to God. Amen. And, you know, just uh, trust him and and operate out of the supernatural instead because we're supernatural people. Amen. And so let's see. Did we read up? Yeah, the earth shall be filled. Let's go to Isaiah 60. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Isaiah 60. And we all know what it is, but I'm going to read it anyway. Hallelujah. Verse 1. And it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Amen. His glory shall be seen upon you. Hallelujah. The Amplified says, the whole world is wrapped in darkness, but God's bright glory has risen on you. Amen. So where the the invisible qualities and the character of God is made visible on his people. The invisible qualities and the character of God is made on his people. You know, and I, I kept thinking about that scripture that says the uh, those. It's in Romans. I can't remember it now, but you know the 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 whole world are waiting for the sons and daughters to be revealed to reveal themselves and so for us to achieve that and not let these people down we need to allow god to work on our hearts allow him in and stop shutting him out amen because there are so many things that god wants to do for us amen uh god has a reach and it's unlimited where we must pursue God on a high, pursue him on a higher level. Amen. And reestablish our relationship with him. And not just one time, but over and over again. Over and over again. Stay with God. Don't leave God. Amen. We must stay with him. Amen. And get to that place spiritually. Amen. And physically. Nothing will satisfy us except more of him. Until we change. And once we change, I believe we'll start flowing with God supernaturally. Just flow with him. You know, I believe people need to be taught because the average church just doesn't doesn't get it overnight. You know, well, we need to be taught, too, because I'm putting some of these things in practice also. You know, some things, you know how you slack off some things, you know, and some things is not time to do. And now this is the time. And this is the time to um, not be discouraged and not be fearful because there's so much darkness and so many things happening in this world and in our country. We need to be praying and we need the supernatural. We need God. Amen. We need God to manifest. We don't want to repel uh, these things, but we want him to come in and he's coming in through his people, through his church through the bride amen and we need to prepare for that it's it's you know it's no time to waste we have no more time to waste i'll put it like that but we really need to um, dig in and go deeper with god and allow him to do some things that he's never done before that's what um my goal is to go deeper and to do some things that i i've never done before with god amen Getting to that place spiritually and physically where nothing will satisfy me except obeying God and going deeper in him so that I can um, just reign with him 
You know, I, I know in the glory there's no sickness, no disease, no, you know, deliverance is there. Everything that we need is in the glory, but we need to allow God to purge us, purge and burn. You know, uh, we need to desire the gold and not the brass. When you, when you, the brass are things that are burned up in fire. We need to let those type things go. And we need to desire the goal, those things that, you know, uh, is those eternal things. Everything that's gold is eternal, and God wants us to uh, desire those things, work on those things. But it won't come with us staying like we are. I don't want to stay like I am. I want God to use me in this last hour. And I know there's a lot of work to be done internally, and I want, I want him to do that. I want to give him that opportunity. And so we need to really take this seriously because it's happening whether we want it to happen or not. Amen. Hallelujah. So where's the hunger and the thirst for more? Where is that? It has to come from within. It had, and you have to allow yourself to... Trust God enough to step out in faith and allow God to do an inner work. And it starts with relationship, relationship with God. Amen. Moses wanted an intimate knowledge of God. You know, he just wanted more. And that's why he asked God, show me your glory. He wanted God the person. He wanted um, that he wanted that person or he wanted to know him in that personal way, but he wanted to really um, just allow him to be who he was in him. You know, he desired him so much and that he wanted to to see his glory, but you know, he couldn't see him and and live because no one, I mean, the glory is just too much, amen? He wanted intimate knowledge of God. So he hungered for something more. And Moses desired that intimacy, and that's what we need. We need the intimacy. We need lasting satisfaction, and that's what he was after. He was after the fulfillment of of uh, of God and on the inside of himself. And see, when you let go of yourself and let go of flesh, let go of things, let go of everything, family, you know, you have to put God first. And I believe that these things will manifest, and I think it, uh, God is doing a quick work. Is I don't think it's going to be something that it's a suddenly thing. I think God's going to do things very quickly. But we have to allow him to do what he needs to do in us. It starts in us. Amen. Let's go to the book of Exodus. Hallelujah. Exodus 33. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. Think everybody ate too much? Everybody nodding out? It's okay. I'm still going to preach the word. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Okay, Exodus 33, verse 18. And this is about Moses. It says, 
um, when Moses said to the Lord, see you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet, let's see, is that the one I want? No, I'm sorry. Verse 18, I was reading 12. Okay. It says, and he said, please show me your glory. Amen. Oh, I should have known that. I thought this was something else. I thought it was some kind of deep knowledge I that came across, but it didn't. It was. <laughs> but he said, show me your glory. Amen. And then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion to whom I have compassion. And let's go down to verse 23. It says, and then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Amen. God did not want him to see his face because he couldn't see his face and live. And this is why he hid him in the cleft of the rock. Amen. Covered him with his hand while he passed by. Moses didn't want God's power to show the people what he had. This is not why Moses. And see, this is where I think uh, this is what I'm trying to say. This is where I'm coming from. Moses didn't want um, the power of God to rest on him for show. He didn't want to show people who he was. Um because he wanted to be someone important. You know what I'm saying? He wanted uh, God's power to rest on him, and he wanted him to show him his glory because he wanted to uh, possess what he had and be satisfied. That was the only thing that he knew would satisfy him. But it wasn't because he was trying to be more than who he was. Does that make sense? He, he, was, he was having a... It would bring him intense joy. It would bring him pleasure. Amen. And he wanted the character. He wanted to know the character of God. And so I think he just wanted to get close to God in any way he could. You know what I'm saying? Any way he could. He wanted to be close to God because he wanted to possess what God possesses. It wasn't about his anointing. It wasn't about, I'm going to go back and show the people what I have. But he wanted to change so much so, and he wanted uh, that satisfaction of being close to God so much that he changed. And he didn't mind giving up whatever it was that he had to give up to be uh, who God wanted him to be. Amen. And so it was his, see, it was his divine nature. Or who God really is. And that's all Moses wanted. He was, um, you know, he, he traded the, the gold, the brass for the gold. That's the way I put it. He wanted what was eternal. He didn't want something uh, that he could show off. He, he wasn't trying to impress the people. He wasn't even trying to impress God. He wanted what God had. He wanted his person. He wanted his personality he wanted um god to be shown on the inside of him he wanted to do whatever he needed to do to possess what god had and then some but it wasn't for the fleshly reasons that's just what i believe i think it was because he wanted god so much amen
Let's go to 34, the next chapter. Let's see, verse 2. Verse 2 of 34 says, So be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. And this is when God, uh, when Moses went to receive the Ten Commandments. Amen. And he did that because he wanted to, he, he wanted to show God, wait a minute. He wanted God to show him his power, his fire. You know, he saw fire and power. And so this is what, why he went up there to receive the Ten Commandments. But see, these, I believe all these different facets of, of the glory. I think he witnessed those up on Mount Sinai. Amen. Hallelujah. And so let's see. I think I have to go to verse 3. It says, And no man shall come up with you, and let no man be seen throughout all the mountain. Let neither flock nor herd feed before the mountain. So he cut two tables of stones like the first ones. Then Moses rose early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai. As the Lord went, let's see, as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord God, the Lord, the Lord, God merciful and gracious and long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy. For thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the, the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Amen. I think I'm going to stop there. But. Moses just wanted so much of God, and he wanted to take God back to the people because he knew that there was change needed. Amen? He wanted a change. He wanted everyone to be in the presence of God, and who is, um, you know, he just desired the very essence of God, and he desired that for the people. He only wanted change for the better. Amen. But he wanted God so much. And that desire, the desire for God always brings the miraculous. It always brings the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. We all need to desire deeper relationship with God. Seek him in a greater degree. See, we've been seeking him, but I believe he, we need to seek him in a greater degree. So that he can be revealed. He can reveal and unfold the secret things of the kingdom. Amen. We need spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom happens when you go deeper in God. And so Moses, this is all I believe he wanted, was a deeper revelation, a deeper touch. You know, he wanted to be changed by the power of God. He wanted to possess that. Moses could care less about even being on earth. He wanted the supernatural. He knew what he needed that was going, because that's the only thing that's going to sustain him. You know what I'm saying? He wanted the power of God in his life, 
And he was willing to give up whatever he needed to give up to get it. And that's just what I think the scriptures were saying. Hallelujah. So seek him in a greater degree. And that's what we all need to do. You know, we, we, it's time to stop putting God on a shelf and putting him, um, take him out on Saturdays or Sunday. We need to um, desire to possess him in a greater way. You know, you can't keep him on a Sunday, Saturday basis anymore. God wants to um, monopolize is a word. I think that's the word I want to use. But he wants to be in control of our lives. He wants us so much to desire him, to love him. And to follow after him. And this is what's going to cause the glory to manifest in your life. Amen. Everybody's not ready for the glory, but you can get ready. Because God is ready for you to carry his anointing. Amen. You know, amen. He wants to um, visit every soul on this earth. And he knows it's going to take more power for for um for that to happen and so he wants us to really dig deep on the inside and be willing to give up whatever we have to give up so that we can know him better it reminds me of paul when paul said just to know him he uh, he uh the the secret of uh christ in you was unfolded on the inside of him through revelation But he was changed on the inside. You know, he desired uh, to know Jesus in such a way that he didn't care about anything that was in the natural realm. He just wanted more of God. And I don't, you know, he just wanted to know him in in every area of his life. He wanted him to touch everything on the inside. And when you really weigh the situation, that's what we need to do because it's worth it. Because what, what on this earth is worth us hanging on to? You know, that's not going to perish. Everything's going to perish. Everything in the natural. We don't have anything that's worth putting God second for. You know, we, we get older and we learn. You know, when we're young, these things uh are in you know first and second place i know when i was younger and married had kids the most important thing to me was getting food on the table getting my kids to school you know waking my husband up on time to go to work but god was in a little corner in my life but as i matured and really started to need him more i started expanding (laughs) in my uh, prayer time, reading the Bible. I didn't understand a lot, but I read it anyway. Going to church, trying to raise my family the way I was supposed to raise them. And I'm telling you, it, it grew and grew, and it went so many years and got to a place where I started really looking for God. And I was looking for Him, saying, Is there more? I started asking people, Is there more? And see, that's the place where we, see, you can let that slip. 
Because I did let that slip after a while. You know how you get saved and you in the things of God and you think you know it all. But there is always higher heights, deeper depths to go. There is so much more uh, and more, um, I'll say, many facets of God that we have never fathomed. Not that God would give us uh, everything at once. I think he gives it to us as we are prepared for it, as, as we can handle it. Because we sometimes ask for things that we can't handle. We're not ready for right now, I'll say that. But I know one sure way to uh, get what God has for you and to be effective on this earth is, is to um, renew your mind in your thinking, broaden your understanding of who God is, and allow him to come in those secret places where you shut him out. You know, when you go to uh, the mall, sometimes they have like these, well, I'll use something else. I'll use the red carpet. And they have this red rope or places are roped off where you can't cross. So that's how we do, I believe, on the inside of us. We tell God, you can't go this in this area. You can't go in that area because that's preserved for me only. And so we need to take that rope down and we need to allow God, amen, to come in, you know, and stop shutting him out because God wants to see all he's going to do is fix it. And we know it. That's why we lock him out, because we don't want to go through the process of the pain. We don't want to go through that process of even knowing what's behind there. See, we lock God out. We're locked out, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to go over there past that red velvet rope because, you know, maybe you were hurt. Maybe you were just, you know, some people just don't want to give up some things. Or sometimes you don't know what's over there. You just don't want to dig it up. And so it's time to let the rope down, <laughs> disconnect the rope, and allow God to go in, in every room. Don't lock him out. This is, these are the type of things that God is wait, he's waiting on us to do this because it's past time. It's time for us to allow him in, in every area, and don't close him off. He, he's only going to get in there and fix what's wrong. But we don't want to suffer through what may be behind the closed doors. And so God wants to venture into these areas with us. And he wants to get rid of that fear that we have so that we can get fixed because he wants to fix us. You know, we need to be fixed. And so God wants to... Go behind uh, these locked rooms, and and we need to let him in. Amen? If it's disappointment or anger or some things that are misunderstood, whatever it is, he wants us to stop barring him. You know, he wants us to allow him in. Amen? And I, and I believe he's going to, the more we let him in, I believe he's going to unfold secrets or things at a secret place. And we'll be moving closer and closer to him, I think, without even knowing it. 
because these barriers will be removed. And he just wants to reach out further. Um, you know, in places, I think places that he he's never been before, we've never been before. I think he wants to go into new territory on the inside of us. He wants to, God wants to, um, he wants to feel free to be our God and our Lord. You know, he don't, he doesn't want us to bar him out anymore. Okay, I'm going to move on. Let's go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, 17. And maybe this can let you know what I'm trying to say. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 17. Ephesians. Okay. And it says, let's go to 16. And do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. And the verse 18 says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling? And that's what I'm trying to say. The eyes of our understanding need to be enlightened, need to be open. And we can't receive that. We can't get there unless we open all the chamber doors or unlock the chamber doors. You know, the ones with the skeletons and the skull and crossbones on. We need to take that down. And we need to allow God to come in And all he wants to do is open the eyes of our understanding. Amen. And enlighten us. And what what does he's just going to show us more of him. Show us more love. Show us more mercy, more grace. You know, everything that we everything that we need, everything that's going to satisfy us. That's what he's going to do. Amen. And and put us on a straight path so we'll know what we're called to do, what we're here for. Why was I born? You know, those kind of things. What am I supposed to be doing? And God wants to make those things visible. He wants to make those things understood because he knows that sometimes in life we get sidetracked. Amen. Even the the smartest people get sidetracked in life. Hallelujah. Let's see. Let's continue. It says, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Verse 19 says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? The exceeding greatness. That sounds like God of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Amen. According to the working of his mighty power. Hallelujah. And so we need to understand God a little bit more. We can't understand him if we don't go deeper in him. We need to move away from our own thinking and our own mindset, our own, the things that go through our mind. We need to (laughs) divorce those things because that's how we got confused. Amen. But we need to go deeper in the things of God so that God can teach us and show us. I think the best teacher is just to, 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 Submit, if we submit to God and submit all of our knowledge to him, submit everything that we 
thought we knew, submit everything that we do know, and just allow him to put things in perspective and to teach us better and to give us the things and show us the things that we've missed and things that we don't understand. Some things, that we're, and I'm talking about revelation, the things that we missed out on because of um, because we didn't submit to him and submit things to him. I think this is the time where God wants us to give those things to him, submit them to him. Amen. And he will enlighten us so that we'll know what we're supposed to be doing, who we are, what, where do I go from here. God will lead us. He'll feel more like he can take our hands and lead us, uh, but you have to submit to his authority. Amen. The eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. Amen. And that will cause you to witness his glory. So you can witness his glory when you, you're enlightened. So many people don't understand the move of God because they're not involved in it, because they've uh, given up. The, well, I'll put it like this. They just like their religion. You know, they just want to go to church and come back, go to church and maybe not go to church. See, people who just do that, they eventually don't show up anymore because there's no death and there's nothing to hold them there. Nothing but religion. Amen. And you get sick of religion. But I'm telling you, God wants to open our eyes. Amen. Now the manifested glory of God is manifold. Is, um, God is so vast. He does things first one way, then another. He doesn't have to. See, religion thinks will have you think he does things at a certain time. In a certain way, you know, what we're used to. But God in his manifold wisdom, he does things however he wants to do them. And if you are in tune with him, if you've submitted to his power, submitted to his authority, and you are, um, how can I say it, you want what he wants, then you will... See what he's unfolding. You'll see what you're supposed to see. And you won't be guessing. See, we're in church. We're sitting on a pew guessing. But the people who know their God and they're submitted to him and they've allowed him to go in and cleanse them and purge them, they're out on the street. They've taken it to the street. They're saving souls. They're being led by the Spirit. Wherever these souls are, God is showing them the harvest. Amen. They're praying for the Lord of the harvest to uh, send them out and prepare hearts for what's to come. And so it's time, people, to get off the pew and to take it to the street. Amen. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Hallelujah. And so this is what we need, and and this is why people stay baby Christians so long, because they're just sitting on a pew, and then they get bored, and then there's all these programs, and people think these programs, they're not of God. You know, they have the basketball team and, you know, the children's church and all of this stuff, but 
children need to sit under the anointing. They need to sit under the power of God. Amen. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I have not found it in the Bible. Maybe it's in there. I, don't, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I really haven't. But I know for the children that we have in our ministry, they've gotten healed. They stayed healed. They didn't go to the doctor, and we didn't either. Amen. Hallelujah. We had a babysitter, but they were right there sitting under the power, right behind one door. Right away, we can hear them, and they could hear us. And so we have to um, see sometimes. I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound like I've arrived, but sometimes church people get too relaxed, and the church starts to be their he, the church is their babysitter, just like school. And then uh, you know I've heard of people bringing their kids to children's church, and they leave the church and go somewhere else. Go to the restaurant. <laughs> and so I'm telling you, church have got, is, it's, it's gotten to be um, too permissive where uh, they're not feeding. And I'm not talking about all church. I'm talking about the majority of churches, not all of them, because God's got some good churches out there, some good people. And he's got some praying people out there. We're not the only one. Sometimes people think they're the only ones praying. Well, we know better than that now. Back in the day, we thought we were. We probably were. But we know that there's watchmen everywhere, spiritual watchmen and natural watchmen. And they're all on one accord. But, you know, church has gotten to be, I don't know the word. I want to say a commodity, but that might not fit the bill. But I'm telling you, churches that have all of these programs and are doing all of these different things, that doesn't mean they're better. You know, everybody should be in the Word. They should get the same preach and the same understanding. You know, you know it, some people, I guess, they need programs to keep them focused. But I'm telling you, that stuff doesn't work for the uh, the church that God has built. Amen. Amen. Just doesn't work. Hallelujah. And so he wants his people to submit to him and to desire the things that he desires. Amen. Uh, religion just doesn't uh, manifest the, the power of God. You very rarely see the power of God come in there. And that's why some people don't know how to act under the anointing. They don't know how to receive it because they don't really understand what's going on. They jump and shout. And I'm I'm not against jumping and shouting. I'm just saying you can tell how some people react to the anointing that they're not used to it. Amen. Everybody in here from uh, Rachel on up and uh, little Gabby can lay hands on the sick and see them recover, pray, you know. And so, you know, this is the way you you train up a child. You know, you allow them to experience the same thing you experience. And don't single them out to church, children's church and all of that stuff. I'm telling you, some churches even charge, you know, for babysitting, you know, because it's like school. You know, and they went to children's church, and I'm not against it. Maybe the big churches, I don't know how they operate because I've never gone to a really big church. 
But I know that most of the churches that I went to, the kids were on the pew with everybody else. And they need to sit under the anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. So the eyes of your understanding being enlightened will cause you to witness the glory of God. Amen. You got to have eyes for God. Hallelujah. And we need a deep revelation of God and his will and his purpose. You got to know what God's will is for you. You have to know what he wants out of you and what he wants for your life. You know, God just wants to bless you. Amen. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you, thoughts of peace and not evil to bring you an expected end. See, we have to know that. We have to know that God is for us and not against us. And I think if people knew that, they would reach out to him more and not run from him, run to him, run toward him. Amen. And so we need that revelation. We need to know our purpose and what we're here for. Amen. We need to know what's on God's heart. And he will show us what's on his heart. Amen. Just get a little closer. Get closer to him and he will show us his glory. You know, the glory can be ushered in by you knowing what's on the heart of God. And no flesh will glory in his presence. And I think that's why most people don't go deeper in God. Because they know that he's going to purge away all sin, everything that's not like him. And see, this is the day where we should understand and know that we don't want that. We don't want um, those things that hold us back anymore. Even if it hurts us, and I'm telling you, it hurts. You all know it does. But we want, we need to want and understand what God wants, amen, for us. Amen. This is how the glory comes. And no flesh will glory in his presence. We must go after God with more fervor. We need to put other things aside and put him first and go after him, amen. Put, incorporate God in your everyday life again. You know, we've let him slip. But we need to put him back and put him back in our lives stronger. We need to pursue him more readily and don't stay away from him as long as we've allowed ourselves to do. We need to put him first again. Amen. Hallelujah. A deep hunger. We need a deep hunger or a passion for God. And this is what brings the glory. Amen. We need to go after God. Amen. Hunger. Hunger is deep. It needs to be deep. Amen. Need to experience uh, all that we can with God. We need that God experience. Amen. If you only had a touch or if you only seek after a touch, that's all you'll get. Amen. Is a touch. But God wants to break out of the box we put him in. And he wants, he wants to be limitless in the place, in a place where people can be reached. He wants to reach us, but he wants us to reach him too. We can't continue to put God on the shelf or put him last in our lives. Finally, he wants to be first. 
Amen. When Jesus called Lazarus to be raised up, there was so much power and capability in that calling. Lazarus, get up. I'll say it like this. He called Lazarus by name because there was so much capability and power there that everybody would have gotten up. That's just how powerful God is. And so this is why we need more of him. We need that power. And and the glory is within us. He wants to show his glory through us. He wants to use us. Amen. And he will. And he can. He's going to use us. Because we're going to do what we're supposed to do. Amen. We're going to submit to him. We're going to obey him. We're going to desire him. We're going to reach out to him first, not as a last resort. You know, not go to the doctor first and, and then ask for God last. That's not, that's backwards. You, you ask, you go to God first because he is the great physician. And so it's, amen, amen. And so it's just things like that, little things that we let slip. We're going to go back to the real deal because it's time. Put God first in everything, not just in what we need and what we ask for, but put him first in every area of your life. Usually we'll put the job first or we'll put, you know, whatever we do. Y'all know what we do. But we need to start putting God first. Amen. First before anything, because I'm telling you, when we need him to show himself strong on our behalf we don't call our supervisor we don't call you know anybody else we call on him and he wants us to call on him so we need to put him first amen hallelujah low-level hunger seeks the gifts but the gift giver instead of the gift giver i'm sorry that's low-level hunger You seek the gifts, not the gift giver. We need to seek God, not what God has for us. Amen. People are seeking revival instead of his presence. The church is still seeking the anointing instead of the glory. See, people think, and I used to think that when I was in, you know, a traditional church, I thought the glory was the anointing. But the glory the the anointing is such a small particle of the of the glory it's just one little what can i say like a little like a a snow like when it snows and it snow comes from the sky and fall to the ground the, each little particle you can look at that as an anointing does that does that make sense to you but the glory is the fireball <laughs> with a cloud the fireball it's the main big daddy. It's everything and more that you can want. And well, you, we, we can't describe it because we won't even know it. You know, it's, it's vast and it's too much to understand. But God has his way of showing us who he is and what he's about. But we have to desire him on a deeper level. Desire more of him. Call him more. Seek him more. You know, there has to be more desire on the inside of us. Amen. 
So instead of seeking the anointing, like most churches, see, most churches seek the anointing because they want to show people how much power they have. They want to show people, look what I got. I make people fall. But that's not what God is about. Amen. Hallelujah. They should not seek the anointing unless they are seeking the glory. They need to seek more of the glory. Because why just seek a little, uh, let's see if you have a, a pack of cookies. Why don't you just take the whole pack home instead of opening up at the store and taking one out? That's kind of like how it is. You just want a little teeny part of what God is and who God is. You don't want the whole thing because you don't want to, you don't want it to contain you because you're afraid of how much you can't handle. You understand what I'm saying? And so we need to desire everything that God has for us and submit everything that we're holding back. Submit ev- submit those things that you want to hold on to and control. We need to trust God in his control. Amen? Trust God. Amen. So the, the anointing is like I wrote down here, an atomic bomb of God's presence, which we will run from because we can't handle it. Amen. So we need to, we need to learn death to self because that's what's, that's what's going to be important. Death to self, death to what you want to do and submit everything to God. Amen. We need to learn how to touch Let's see. We need to learn how to operate in the anointing, in the power of God, and, and learn how to um, work with holy things and not disrespect holiness and holy things. Does that make sense? I think I might have messed it up. But only uh, sanctified shoulders can carry the glory. Amen. Like those men that carried the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem on their shoulders, you know. They, I think the Bible referred to them as dead men walking or something like that. We, where are those men? Where are those men in the church? Amen. We need to be those men that are not afraid. Who, who won't run away from the anointing, but uh, allow God to use us so that we can carry what he has for us. Amen. Only we can stop being, if only we can stop being addicted to anointings just to make us look good and feel good. But there's got to be more. And I was thinking to myself, this is where I came in the game. Years ago, when I wanted more, God showed me more, there was more, and now there's even more. And I need to desire even more. So we need to submit, this is what it tells me, we need to submit to God even further. So he can go further in our lives. And so that we can do all that we need to do for the glory of God. Amen. I'm almost done. Let's go to Romans 12, 1. Something to think about. 
when you hear the, about the glory, and we're going to start hearing about it more and more. But hearing about it and understanding how to prepare for it and take part in it is another thing. And it's all about us. Romans 12:1 it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you uh, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. So God is saying, you need to submit to me. Amen. Submit your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to me. Amen. And he says it's reasonable sacrifice. This is nothing that you're giving up a big thing because we God created us. We belong to him. So we don't have really have the right to continue to dodge God or put him on a shelf anymore. He doesn't belong there. He belongs in the center of our hearts. And it's time for us to go all the way. Verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what, what I'm feeling is that this scripture is telling us, if your mind is not renewed, you won't go far in this next move of God. You, you, can't, you have to go higher in God. And how do you do that? By... Letting go of so many of these things that we think are more important than God. So it's time to let go. Amen. It's time for us to go all the way with God. Put two feet in. Amen. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. Amen. It's time to do what we know to do and do it the right way. You know, we've been half-stepping, but it's time to stop half-stepping because the glory is here. And so we need to adjust our lives to fit in with what God is doing. Does that make sense? Amen. Well, don't be so sad about it. It's a good thing because we're just going to go on a higher plateau. We're going to be more powerful. Amen. We're going to get the job done for God. All of this fake church is going to stop. Amen. Only the people that are sincere, because God is separating the wheat from the chaff. God is exposing people and showing them what they are about. Amen. And then we have to repent when God shows us what's not good inside of us. We repent. And it's important that we know that we are still, even though we mess up, that we are still important to God. He's not dumped us because we mess up. He has not dumped us because we get some things wrong. So he wants us to change, rearrange some things and make room for him. Amen. So that we can go deeper in in him. He wants to go deeper inside of us. Deep calls unto deep. Amen. Hallelujah. Do not be conformed. Don't be a part of the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Amen. Amen. See, the, the deeper you go in God, the more wisdom you have. And we can know his thoughts through his wisdom when he revealed his wisdom to us. 
And he will do that, but we, it's not going to happen like magic. It's not the magic show. This is real. And God is just saying to us, come in with two feet. Follow me. You know, uh, desire me. Make, make me first in your life where nothing else matters but me. <clears throat> God is not trying to take anything away from us. He's not trying to take your car, your house, your husband. I mean, he gives us these things free, freely. Anyway, it was his idea to bless you with these things. It wasn't yours. <laughs> but you got to seek him. It's time to seek him. Amen. Stop running and start to seek. Hello. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to stop seeking things that make us look good. Amen. And seek something on a high level, which is God. And he wants to do a, a, a thing in us. And stop seeking revival. Amen. Revival brings anointing, the anointing. But we need to seek his face, which brings the glory. That's what I want to say. When we seek his face, that brings the glory. And that's where the church is supposed to be right now. Seeking him. Not a better car. I mean, I'm, I'm not against cars. I'm going to get one, too, very soon. But what I'm saying is that stuff need to be secondary in our lives as compared to what God has for those who love him. Amen. We need to put him first. Put him back in first place again. And stop seeking stuff and seek him. Desire him. And I'm telling you, I believe this is a good way to lose friends. Amen. I think more, um, what is it, persecution will come the cleaner you get. But God will give us what we need to uh, handle persecution and to be strong and to withstand whatever persecution comes our way. But we, it's time to trust God so that the glory will flow. Amen. So that the, because the glory is here. Are you going to be included or are you going to be on the outside looking in? Amen. This is the, what we need to do. How deep do you want to go? We need to, to prepare. And this is something that we can't put on the shelf. We need to make this decision right now. What are you seeking? Something selfish and fleshly? Or are you seeking more of God? Are you seeking his face? So this is the question I'm going to leave you with. I know the answer. You're seeking his face. Amen. Because I know I am too. Amen. So why don't we stop? Father, we do thank you for your word. Amen. We just praise you and we lift you up today. And Father, I'm asking that you would speak to your people and make, make this real to them. And we just thank and praise you, Father. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, if there's anybody that needs prayer, okay, we'll do the offer. Amen. Are you ready to give?
Praise God. Well, give God a hand. They, don't be scared. Amos nine thirteen. Somebody ought to give God a hand. Amen. Wake up. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree. You know, when God decree a thing, it is done already. All we need to do is just receive it, expect it. That's what the Lord told me when we first uh, grabbed a hold of uh, Amos 9, 13 through 15. He told me, he said, you need to uh, believe in it and, and expect. That's the word he gave me, expect to see it. If you keep fighting what God is going to do in your mind, you might not see it. But you need to expect God. Every every word, let me read it. Things are going to be happening so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up and everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off mountains and hills. And I'll take, I'll make everything right again for my people, Israel. They'll rebuild the ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. And they'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And I'll plant them, plant them on their own land. And they'll never again be uprooted from the land that I have given them. God, your God, says so. Amen. You know, we need to invest in God. God is a sure thing. And what he says he's going to do, when God speaks, amen, when he speaks, it can't be changed. So even if you would say, well, I don't really think he's going to do that, what he said stands. It cannot be changed. Amen. It's a decree. And so it must be respected and obeyed by us. It, it will happen because it's, it's, it's already happened. Amen. God's already done it. Amen. It's time to start to trust God, to break forth. Amen. In singing and praising about what God's going to do. He's going to do it. Suddenly, you know, he's going to be it. Not have to worry about finances. Amen. He's doing a new thing. Amen. God will do it. He's already done it. All we need to do is receive it. Whatever He promised. Amos 9:13. I look at Amos 9:13 as being favor, favor, favor. And so we shouldn't be afraid to sow seed into something that God's already blessed you for with already. See, your blessing is already done. I mean, it's your, this is just a seed, but you're already harvesting what Amos 9.13 has promised you. So don't be afraid to trust in it. Amen. It's a decree of God. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's a decree. It won't be long. He's already done it. Amen. Do I need to read you what else he said? Y'all looking at me like you don't know me. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other and you won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. I believe once you let that word in, once you let this uh, Amos 9.13 sink in, 
and you start to trust in it and believe it, I think you'll start to see the, the finances come. I mean, everything that you need God to do, you'll see it happen. Amen. So trust in it. Don't be afraid of it. It's a decree of God. Nobody can change God's decree. Amen. It's, it's a stronger voice than the decree of a king. But it's very similar. But the God has more power even over the king. And so we need to trust in what God is doing. And we need to uh, believe and start to expect and look for. It's all in the expectation. Knowing that there's a, we're living in a new, it's a new paradigm. Where God is doing something different. He's doing something great. And we're a part of it. And I feel blessed. So sow your seed. Amen. Thank you. Father, we just bless you. And Lord, we sow our seed and we thank you for multiplying it 30, 60, and 100 fold. Lord, we expect 100 fold in Jesus' name. And Lord, we know that the king's decree cannot be changed. And so we'll, we expect God to come through for us. We expect it. We expect it. We know that Amos 9:13 season is here and we expect to see it now in jesus name amen and we trust you god we trust you hallelujah praise god amen hallelujah you may um collect the offering amen hallelujah